welcome to Flourishing Education, the podcast that provides you with conversations with experts and like-minded people who would like to see education turn into a flourishing environment for the well-being of all. So, are you ready? Let's start. Hope you enjoy this session. Today with me, I've got Lauren, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we'll just obviously start our conversation. But first of all, before you do, thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. Um, your story I heard uh, last week really, really uh, resonated with me, and um, I really wanted a lot of people to hear it because I think it's very important. So. Okay, well, I'm Lauren Lefebvre, and I founded a charity called the Breck Foundation about six years ago because uh, my son Breck, uh, at 14 years old, was groomed online um, through gaming by someone he met through friends from school, so it felt like a safe place. And over the course of a year, um, he was isolated and changed and pulled away from me. Uh, lied to, manipulated, and controlled. And I did try as a parent to contact two schools, um, friends, colleagues, school vicar, school nurse, school librarian, even the police, and I couldn't get help. Um, and unfortunately, Breck was lured to the predator's flat where he was sexually and sadistically murdered. So I set up the charity because there were dozens of people, including myself, who had we had sort of a network of parents or um, a place to go or somewhere where there was really good and helpful information, I think Breck would be here because I was trying to help him, but I couldn't get anyone to believe that he was being groomed. Mm. That is just such a moving story. And, and I think this is where, you know, what you are saying is so powerful is, is like, you said before we started this podcast is the fact that very often when we talk about young people and sort of the, the the help they need we think about parents who may be struggling or parents who you know don't have the resources to help their their children but very clearly you were trying to to do so much to 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 help you know Rex so well, I think the problem with um, you know some schools as well because I worked at I worked at a school myself where everyone knew Breck, um, and I also went to his secondary school. But he wasn't presenting as a vulnerable child. He was an everyday schoolboy having a laugh with the guys, wearing the same school jumper, and so nobody saw him as having those vulnerabilities. And the thing we need to remember with grooming is, as anyone can be groomed, and they don't realize it. You know, Breck didn't realize it. He was enjoying. The relationship through their shared interests of computing and gaming. He was having a laugh. He was getting compliments. He was getting made even job opportunities and career opportunities. So he was having a good time, not realizing, um, even though he was a clever kid, and uh, just didn't didn't recognize those signs of grooming. Mm. So within my school setting, when I went to people for help, we weren't trained on child sexual exploitation (CSE). We would, you know, basically protect the children while we had on school grounds but we weren't giving them the life lessons that when they walked off that playground 
that they would be able to protect themselves digital resilience um, mm. so that young people can make safer choices for themselves online. We can't, we can't protect them every second. We need them to recognize um, the dangers. So, I, yes, and, and presumably with, the, with your foundation, with the work you're doing, do you feel that this is helping or? I think the real life story really resonates with so many young people. And, you know, Breck's story is not unusual. He, you know, had a, a, a balanced life during the day, but would come home and sometimes spend a bit too much time online. I was sort of, I became the mean mom who had all the rules and, and punishments and the predator really just fed off of that and, and tried to act as if I was a bad parent because I wanted Breck to have a nice balance. And I think um, it resonates with young people when we use, use Breck's story because they're living that life online as well. It's their norm. And so I think they think of it in a different way when there's a real story. Because you know, for any of us, if we have just rules, we don't get it. We don't understand why there's rules. And I think mm. it's important that we explain to them why we're concerned about them online, not to scare them. You know, it needs to be done in an age-appropriate way. But Breck and his friends, you know, because his friends are key here as well, um, because the child being groomed may not recognize it, the friends need to be able to help. None of them had talked about grooming, exploitation, child sexual exploitation, pedophiles, predators being lured. They just weren't talking about that. It was all about hiding your identity and, and, and keeping private, staying anonymous online. That's fine for little children, but these were secondary school boys. So they had opened up about you know, what platforms they were on. They had opened up about where they lived and, and what they liked to do and what football team they followed and what train they took. You know, so they weren't being as private as, as you know, as we would want. But mm -hmm. most young people aren't. Most young people are more open about their profiles. So I think we need to teach a, a, a wider message for older children is to never meet those for adults who might online date as well. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell us a little bit, so, so that as parents, we, we are a little bit more aware of what we need to, to notice or pay attention to? Sorry, I actually missed the question. There was a little blip in the internet. No, oh, no worries. Um, so do, do you want to share Breck's story, you know, your story, uh, and possibly maybe what you think as parents we need to be aware of uh, with our young people. Yeah, I mean, there are some really key messages within Breck's story. And I think anyone who has young people either socializing or gaming online, which is pretty much every parent, does need to know about some of these real life stories so that when we talk to our children, we can use it as platforms for discussion. Um, as I said, rules won't be, you know, won't work without sort of a, a reason why. And so um, we have a film called Breck's Last Game and it's just a short film, but it shows a bit about how the grooming process happened. Um, I think uh, there are a lot of lessons that um, people didn't recognize that boys could be groomed too. At the time, uh, there were a lot of um, media stories and in the news about the Rochdale Rotherham girls being groomed by gangs. And that's a horrible version of grooming that still happens but that's not the only version. So people didn't think, well, Breck's a boy. He's not on the street. He's not doing drugs. What is she talking about? But his, he was still being groomed. The signs were there, being pulled away from family and friends, um, changing the way he thought, isolating him, complimenting him, sending him gifts. When I forbade the relationship, 
um, instead of that ending, it meant that the predator sent him a brand new smartphone worth you know, near on a thousand pounds. Any kid would be excited for a brand new smartphone. So it's really teaching people to recognize if it seems too good to be true, you know, maybe it is. That was a pretty big gift for Breck, who was only you know, 13, 14 years old. So um, also friends of friends are not the same as real friends. And that's a really key concept because young people do get close. Well, even old people get close to others online. I met my fiance online. And, and so we need to remember that, it, you know, a friend of a friend, though, if it's someone that's you know, added through school, doesn't mean they're actually a real friend. They are someone different. They are still strangers. They're not mean, doesn't mean they're necessarily bad. It means we don't know who they are. Yes. Um, another concept is that predators can be any age. When I was trying to discourage Breck um, you know, from this relationship because it didn't feel safe, I kept thinking it was some creepy old grown-up. Um, that was my idea of what a pedophile was. And unfortunately, Breck's predator was only 18 years old. And when he showed himself on a live you know, Skype, Zoom situation, um, the boys let their guard down. They thought, oh, Breck's mom is paranoid. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, he's actually a teenager like us. And so we teach that predators can be any age or any gender. They can be attractive. They can be funny. They can have shared interests. They can, you can have a laugh with them. That doesn't mean that they're a genuine friend. And I think none of these concepts really had been taught to by the boys. Everybody thinks as somebody dangerous is an obvious, you know, mean, ugly looking, dangerous person. Mm. And yet it could be someone that, you know, they're enjoying spending time online with. So we have a lot of sort of concepts like that. But one of the biggest things is for parents, you know, forbidding doesn't work. Mm. Um, it, you know, I don't know why I thought it would when I forbade the relationship, I called the police Police even said, take away his technology. Well, that just pushed it underground. That was just the wrong thing to do. That was when Brett got the, the free phone so they could still communicate. That was when everything became secretive and went underground. So really, as parents, you know, of course, there are going to be times when we forbid things. You know, we want to forbid them from taking drugs. We want to forbid them from doing anything that we think might cause them harm, cause them harm. But to be honest, the forbidding pushed it underground and that meant Breck wasn't being open with me anymore and it became secretive. So mm. I think when we forbid, we need to be aware that even with apps, when, you know, if we forbid children from going on certain apps, if they're not old enough, trying to do the right thing and follow the Peggy ratings, a lot of times children will set up another app that, that their parents don't know about, or, you know, they'll have secret apps. And I think that's something that we need to be aware of that no matter how good our children normally are because breck was normally a really well-behaved kid that predators will push our children to keep secrets and tell lies so we try to teach the concept that you know if someone's asking you to keep secrets think it through you know do you really know your online friends what are their intentions are they a positive influence in your life are they asking you to do things that you know you shouldn't are they turning you against your other friends and your family and it's just talking through all of those sort of concepts with them to try to get them to to look at it in a different way that we're not just the bad guy trying to you know ruin their fun because that's how the predator portrayed me as just the mean mom who was ruining all of their fun and i guess at that age 13 and 14 your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed so you know the risk taking all of those things is 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 prime at that age we know that that's when young people take risks and you know um 
And I would imagine for Breck, it was slightly also might have generated slight excitement, like you were describing, because, um, you know, you, I, I was in the research when we did, I did a lot of the research for the, for the second book for how to grow grown up. And, you know, one of the things that became really obvious is the fact that we as parents become because they need to learn to fly the nest it's it's part of a of the inbuilt of human beings is yeah. your parents look like boring annoying people anyway mm-hmm. and you know so then if you start sort of like putting so you know having the you can't do this you can't do this and you've got this external person who's mm-hmm. exciting that yeah. um, mm. it was it was like planting the seeds to just you know Pulbrek against me, and he he did it subtly and gradually over the year. And when I think about you know what you said about you know the brain development, Breck was you know an A A star student, but he just didn't see the danger in life. I mean, maybe his vulnerability was that he didn't see the evil in the world because you know sometimes I now watch the news too much and I pull my hair out thinking what is wrong with these people in this world, you know. But he didn't have that. He had a nice neighborhood. He had parents who loved him. He had friends. Um, and he was big brother. So I, I had given him a lot of responsibility um, because he was the type of child that could take on responsibility. So I think that also fed into him thinking he could make really, you know, good decisions for himself as an adult. And yet he wasn't thinking with a fully developed adult brain. And I used to think of him a little bit as streetwise. Well, he wasn't streetwise. He just knew how to navigate. He would navigate us on our family walks. He had had a job in London the summer before, put on a little suit and his tie. He, I saw a CV the other day, it's just, just literally a couple days ago, his, the guy who hired him for the summer sent me his CV and it was so grown up, you know? So I think what's really sad is Breck really thought that he would have been able to make his own choices and yet just didn't see, you know, the, the, the risky side to it. Mm. So... I'm sitting here listening to your story and thinking, okay, so as a mum, what you know, what do do I need to be aware of for for my own children? You know, I've got I've got a twelve and a half year old who, you know, he's starting like like all boys, he likes sort of like the the playing online. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm, we've always all, already had an instance where he's he's met a friend of a friend and I was like, oh, who is this person and do you know him and all of those things. Mm. So I mean, what advice would you have for, 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 for me and for other parents? I think um really the using real life stories as examples, you know, there are plenty of them out there. Brex is one horrific version, but and I think recognizing the signs of grooming and, and making sure our young people recognize why someone might pretend to be our best friend, that it might not be genuine. I think at the time, I didn't know why Breck was being groomed. And originally, I thought it was for something sexual, not knowing the real term child sexual exploitation. I then sort of thought it was for radicalization because they were playing violent games and the predator was so uh, intolerant of different types of people. And he had an alias and one was a different sort of ethnicity sounding. I just thought he was, I thought he was against different kinds of people with his really strong opinions. He was always turning the boys against religion, education, government, anything established, even asking Breck to quit air cadets because um, Breck would want to be a pilot. So anything where he had to answer to the man or wear a uniform or show up on time. So I thought he was radicalizing him for something harmful. I even thought maybe he was 
uh, grooming them to hack and he would, um, you know, disappear into virtual thin air while they'd take the fall. So I think the problem was, is I didn't know why they were being groomed, but the signs were there. So I think that's the most important thing is to recognize the signs. The outcome isn't what matters if we stop it before it gets to that outcome. Mm. But also, um, you know, using different versions of what can happen and trying not to try, I guess, trying to open up conversations about almost taking it off our own children and saying, what would you do if you saw this happening to your friend? Because I find when I speak to especially secondary kids, if, I, if they know they're getting an internet safety lesson, they just shut down. So I try to say, listen, this conversation is not for you right now necessarily, but it could be for you if you work with children in future or crazy enough to have your own children someday, or uh, maybe if you have friends or cousins, you know. So I try to get them to look at it outside themselves so they can sort of see the situation without getting defensive and say, I'm not that stupid. I'm, mm -hmm. I would never fall for that. Mm -hmm. Breck would have never thought he would be the kind of kid that would fall for this. And even his dad, who saw him get into a taxi on, on the day he left, didn't even question him because Breck was normally a good boy. So I think we have to believe the power of some of these people are that are so manipulative and controlling online. But it's talking using really real life stories, trying to be natural and not I tried, I did try to not be the horrible mean parent, but that is what the predator turned me into. He even recorded me sort of trying to get Breck off the computer saying, poor Breck, his mom doesn't understand modern technology. You know, she's, he's holding her back. She's holding him back. I was never trying to hold him back. I just wanted him to have that balance, you know? So I think, um, I think also just, um, just being more aware because even you know young people needing all the affirmation and posting things and getting more and more risque and taking their clothes off so that they can get more likes and more followers and i think the whole thing is is really just spending time with them when they're online and trying to talk to them about what would they do if they saw their friend doing this what would they say to them you know not yes and no answers and we've worked with ofsted to do this to try to make sure young people think it through with their critical thinking skills rather than just know the right answer. They will all know the right answer. You know, Breck would have known the right answer mm. for, for everything, but we need to get them to understand the why. Yes. And the, the you know, the emotional response might, might be completely different, you know, when yes. you're actually yourself faced with that. Yeah. That present. And you know, what you're saying, so in my research, I see a lot of the issues in young people is uh, around the, the need for external validation and the not feeling, you know, so, so in, in the young people I see who are flourish, who are languishing rather than flourishing, very often their self-esteem is not as, um, as high as, as others. And so therefore they, you know, because they don't really deeply love themselves or okay with who they are, they, they'll need that external validation and the, you know the likes like you're saying so yeah. that's why they're more you know putting things um and also they live in a culture that is all about being famous and being this, this famous youtuber who's you know earning millions and all of those things um do you think Breck story talks to that as well in terms of the you know the the, the need for teenagers to be externally validated I think uh, for him, he felt quite special because he was the chosen one. Um, this predator had been grooming boys all over the UK and targeting different people at different times. 
but Breck was sort of looked after, um, protected, you know, by the one he needed protection from. And I think that did probably make him feel good. I think, you know, Breck was a confident boy, but also I think he was maybe trying to grow up too fast um, with these, you know, the job opportunities and career opportunities that the predator was offering him. That was the carrot for Breck. You know, for another child, the carrot could be, you're going to be the next YouTuber. You're going to be a model. You know, how many times do we see girls being approached, probably boys too, being approached to be a model? It's happened to my daughter several times, you know, and I'm thinking, honey, you're gorgeous to me because I'm your mom, but you're not even tall. You're like short like I am. And, and yet these modeling agencies, you know, are, are, you know, approaching her. So of course it makes a person feel good. So I think that for Breck, he felt very proud that this mentor who portrayed himself as a very uh, rich businessman, really wealthy, living in New York City, then London, and traveling and, and working for the government. I mean, Breck would have been proud that he was involved with someone like that. And I think all of us, you know, I'm, I'm dying to meet Madonna one day because she was my uh, idol when I was his age, you know. It's, it, this, in this sense, this predator for Breck was an idol. Even though he wasn't named, he had the sort of career and charisma mm. that Breck looked up to. And so when you think of, you know, children who are involved with sports, of course, grooming can happen so easily through that because you're looking up to them and they're offering you maybe a tryout or audition or career opportunities. And, and same with music and the whole, like you said, the celebrity thing, it's that, you know, that offer of something that you might get. And I think it goes back to, if it seems too good to be true, maybe it is. So it's really hard. In one sense, we're saying to our kids, you need to be confident. You need to find that affirmation with yourself. In the other sense, you need to be like, you need to teach them to be realistic and not think that, you know, anyone that offers them these opportunities online is reality. Because for mm -hmm. most of us, you know, it's not reality. It doesn't happen that quick and that easy. And mm -hmm. I think a predator will, you know, dangle whatever carrot that that child is interested in through those shared interests to try to make it seem like a great opportunity. And, and you know, within our family too, I've seen one of my daughters um, spend way too much time online trying to get likes, follows, looks, attention. And I think, you know, partly it's, it's the damage that she's had from losing her brother, but also it's partly in a normal thing that we want to be liked, loved, attractive. We want people to say good things to us. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so important that we try to find a way to teach young people to find that validation within themselves. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's really hard. And maybe we need to work more on, on value training and try to teach young people to value the good things in life and not just the unrealistic things that most of us can't achieve like yes. the best body yes. or the most yeah. money or we have to go back to what is really important mm. you know hug mm. love caring learning being honest natural good people and yeah. and not look up to people who just are too shallow to to really get that mm. it's yeah it's i i so agree with you mm -hmm. i just sort of think you know I was I was having this conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend, you know, uh, that sometimes I just feel that as human beings in, in our societies, we just focused on the being on the treadmill and being told, you know, you need to yeah. do this and, and on to the next thing and the next thing and the next shiny thing. Yes. Yeah. And we forget yeah. that, you know, 
you see it currently with that with the, the virus it's you know to me it's it's a little bit of more and more I just felt well there's a beginning you know I was born and then there's an end and we die and we don't know when that's gonna happen and in between there's something called life mm-hmm. and somehow we just almost forget that what matters is that in between that what we we call life um and I just so wish I could find a way to share that with with like young people and with their parents to sort of make that in between matter. I think it's got to be hard though, because on one hand we want them to excel and we're pushing them to achieve and their exam results and and I think you know whilst yes that's important, it does come back to the core is the life lessons, the things they learn and their health and sexual relationship course classes or PSHE or you know those are the core life lessons that wherever wherever we go whatever we do if we can look out for ourselves if we have values if we you know understand how to keep safe we're going to excel in other ways and somehow it would be nice if we could take a step back and and like you said not be on this treadmill of trying to i don't know always push and do more i i travel too much and more than anything I think I would have a much more balanced life if I could just stay at home a little bit more and be cozy. And it's hard because staying at home and being cozy, you're probably not getting as much done, but yet mentally, I'm probably a much healthier person. You know, yeah. So how do you get that balance even mm-hmm. as an adult, as a parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally. tricky. And it's also that example, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, so there's two things that really resonated with me in what you've just been sharing one of them is you know the not leaving them on their own and being around them when they're online um because i recently read and i don't know whether that's true or not that in um in silicon valley all the people who've created the technology actually don't let their kids online what does that tell us you know yeah i have heard that too and i i believe it and what does that tell us there was something else too um uh brad pitt and and angelina i heard one time they had like 10 technicians to look after their children uh for their online safety and i thought well that's not really fair the rest of us don't have that sort of you know means to hire if I could turn back time, believe me, I would sell my house and get a private detective because I knew the predator was a danger. I never thought he was a murderer. I thought he was a pedophile, which would be bad. I didn't know it was that extra level of badness. But we can't all afford, you know, we don't have those resources. And so when you do see that even the people who create these, you know, know that it's not the perfect healthy scenario for our children, it does make you just think, wow, and we are lining their pockets. You know, that's why I try to get young people to recognize too, that you might get all these free apps, you might get to, you know, use all these different platforms, but at what cost? I went furniture shopping yesterday and I got home and all of a sudden my phone was putting up lots of furniture adverts. They knew where I was and they knew what I'm going to buy and they want me to buy it from them. So even, I guess, you know, that tells you my settings probably aren't set right on my phone because somebody's following me around knowing what I'm shopping for. And, you know, I just think young people need to be taught that so they're at least aware of it because it does freak me out a bit. Yes, it does. Well, that's, yeah, it's all artificial intelligence and, all that, you know, the technology and all of those things, which has made our life easier but also like you say just means that you're being followed mm. and you're being you know 
when I was doing the research again, sort of looking at why, you know, social media is so addictive and, you know, the fact that now you've got to go like this with your finger for social media and that is linked, you know, that these people have actually employed engineers who work in, in casinos to make it like addictive like a slot machine yeah you know and the red dots that your brain can't cope with like not knowing what what it is and you need to know you know all those things are yeah if 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 we we don't educate and we don't know then you know you can't make an an informed and educated choice they are big money makers to keep us hooked and Mm -hmm. and i fall for it myself but we, um, we have something called the No Tech for Breck Day, which the triplets, Breck's big brother to triplets, and he always says to me, sorry, the triplets always say to me, Mom, you know Breck would have hated this day, which is so true because he loved being plugged in. But it's the day off we ask people to take off technology. And, you know, it's not like meant to be a punishment. It's just meant to sort of see what life is like when you aren't constantly having devices to answer all your questions, to guide you, you know, and you do, you have to figure out how to get places on your own. You have to, you know, maybe not send a thousand messages and just catch up, you know, the next day. It's, it's really eye opening. And I have to say, it's, it's a day that you remember out of the other 365 days of the year because it is so different. And so we sort of promote that as a, as a way for families and schools to have a, have a day together, you know, maybe an old fashioned day where you're just not connected to your devices and to think about the issues, to talk about the issues. And we use it as a fundraiser too. So a lot of times schools will do um, like a non-uniform day and they'll, they'll play more games on the playground or they'll learn and, you know, with chalk, you know, they are like chalk. They don't even know what chalk is because they didn't have it because they've had, you know, the technology. So I think it's just, um, it's helpful just to take a step back and then realize we all probably could use some cyber balance in our lives. I'm constantly feeling like I need to check my messages in case the next big thing is coming up. And so not that great of an example for my kids sometimes. And it was really funny because I actually, this weekend I had this conversation with, with Thomas, with my eldest, because, um, I asked I asked him to do something and he was he was on his his tablet and he wasn't responding so I went I, I, I sort of went to his level and I just went sweetie I'm talking to you so he sort of looked up and went oh and put his thing down and I went you're really struggling to put it down on you and he's sort of looking at me and he went mm. and I went you know what mommy does too mommy really struggles you know like she's got this need to be on her phone and to check her messages and and his eyes really lit up and he went really and I'm like yeah and I went yeah actually and um and he went oh I I thought you were sorted and I went I'm far from sorted (laughs) you know it's just like and it was so lovely because we had a real like bonding moment where he is like oh well I'm really surprised but in a way, I feel a bit better that you two are struggling. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's uh-huh. right. That is so cute. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think really it is just getting down at their level and, and mm-hmm. relating to them and understanding that it's not always easy to, to, to get off and do a chore or studying mm-hmm. if you're just engaged with whatever you're doing online. Yeah. yeah. We get that too. Yes, totally. And that, that was really lovely because it just, it, it created that bond. So, 
Um, so there's there's two other things that I I wanted to mention. So you know, at the beginning of our conversation, you just you were saying about the fact that it's not just parents who can't cope. That you actually, you know, you were a really good mom, you know, to to Brett, and you sort of like really trying to get him off the sort of being groomed. I was trying to be a really good mom. <laughs> it's hard. I you know, I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes. But mm -hmm. I did. I was trying. I was the kind of I was the kind of parent who, who cared. And um, yeah. Yeah. but I think I think that's another really high bar to try to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. It's a it's yeah. a struggle now because I travel for work and I feel like I'm not supporting my triplets as much as as I would be if I had the job I used to have, which was working at a local school, getting home at school time. You know. Mm. It, it was nice, but um, yeah, I guess you have to just be the good, the goodest mom you yeah. can. <laughs> the best you can. It's like it's all a question of of degree and standards, and you know, and and, and how you know how you define good, right? Yes, and I, for me, defining good does come into play with what you just said. You know, the conversation you had with Thomas is is having real conversations where there's there's light and there's humor. And I feel like I do have that with the kids, even at times when we get tense, somehow we turn it around and we have a laugh about it. And I think that's what's really important is to try to find the lightest way to still mm -hmm. get the job done. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tricky balance. Yes, it's, yes. Did um, you have a question? I can't remember if there was a question that I didn't. Yeah, so, so the, the, the question was, you know, so, you know, as, as a parent, if I'm worried or if I'm concerned, then you know what can I do? What are the things out there now? Because obviously, you know, 2013, 14 probably were almost like the beginning of all of the technology, right? And all of the these things. So I would imagine that you know, with your foundation and with other things, there are more resources out there for parents. There have been a lot of improvements across the board, you know, and it's. It's not that it's it's 100% there, but there were a lot of improvements made. One of the things that I didn't do was make a formal appointment with either school, the one that I worked at or the one that Breck worked at, because it was his secondary and his primary where I tried to make inquiries. I think um, if I had tried to make an appointment and sat down and just, they may have been able to give me better advice. What I tried to do was get advice in like a parents teacher conference meeting or get advice uh, on the playground and I think that's how it should be. It, within a school setting, everyone within that school setting should be aware of what to do to get help in, in any sort of situation involving you know, safeguarding with children. But unfortunately, that wasn't how it works. And sometimes there are safeguarding leads who hold a lot of the information. And so whilst I think it needs to be cascaded throughout the whole school, I recommend going and making an appointment if you're concerned. Even though it might not be happening at school, they will have the resources, the local sort of, they can watch what's happening to the child at school and, and observe and make that formal appointment to discuss your concerns. I found out literally in December, Brex, one of Breck's teachers, a lovely young woman, and she said to me, yeah, Breck was such a good pupil and he, he always put his hand up and he was so engaged and then one day he just shut down. And she just, then it clicked. She realized that was when he was being groomed. She saw the difference in his personality because that's one of the signs, a change of personality. But she didn't clock it because he was, instead of, he wasn't being horrible. 
he just was always engaged and then he was just nothing because because the predator was pulling him away from school and education and it, you could see a little light bulb go off in her head she saw it but she didn't know what to do with that piece of information at the time so i think if we go to our schools and when we're concerned then the teachers will have that child a bit more on their radar and they might give feedback you know what mom yeah you're right he used to raise his hand he's now pulled away um, he's not quite himself and it's just more information to try to figure out what's happening in that child's life and they might be able to give the resources as well that are local to that community also I didn't know about CEOP which is the child exploitation and online protection command it's CEOP um, they are sometimes nicknamed the um, online police for children because they actually have access to the crime to the national uh, crime agency records and they know what questions to ask because they understand child sexual exploitation, grooming, uh, and all of that. Whereas when I called my local police force, they weren't trained in any of that. So leading on to that, if you make a concern with the police, keep in mind sometimes the call handler might not be as engaged with the subject or with, with mm -hmm. parenting or with children's issues. And so we have to actually push for the right help. I asked for the department that deals with grooming but that's not how it worked in my force. It was basically a very unskilled call handler who took notes, bad notes, passed it to somebody else who didn't engage with CSE and closed the case straight away without even checking the records. And had they checked the records, they would have seen that this predator was known to the police for, for a lot, <laughs> you know? And unfortunately, they just didn't believe me because the story didn't resonate. So in that case, when you phone your police, if you don't feel like you're being heard, because they are busy, they're under-resourced, you know, I've met hundreds of amazing police people, but sometimes uh, it's not that great, re-report. And I didn't re-report because I didn't have anything new to report. You know, if, if I had had a new piece of information, I would have called back. Mm. But if I could do it differently, I would follow up and say, listen, I've made a report, I haven't heard back. It's really hard because it takes so long sometimes for, uh, issues online to be investigated and i've had this with my daughters uh since because police can't get access to the records and we did work with sajid javid when he was home secretary and we did help to change policy but it's still such a, a slow and laborious you know project to try to get information about what happens online because predators will use uh, software that hides uh, their isp address they'll use proton emails that are anonymous and there's so many obstacles so i think I think as parents, we need to have lots of different avenues for going to school, going to police, going to SEOP, speaking to our children, using real life stories. Um, and, and, and instinct, you know, I knew this really evil being was a danger from the start. I just couldn't convince anyone else. And so I think instinctively parents need to, need to go on their instinct. And uh, that's pretty tricky. Mm. Yeah, because then it just, it, it might be seen as he's just a, an overreacting sort of yeah. mother or overprotective mother. So, yeah. yeah, and that's what, it, that's what it was like. But had I had, had I known about CEOP, I think they would have helped me. Um, and there are a lot of places to go online that have improved, as we said earlier. Um, Internet Matters has a lot of information. Um, but, you know, Internet Watch Foundation could be helpful with photos. There are so many more places to go than I was no, known to or known about or that didn't even exist before. So I think by 
by just pursuing it if there's a concern uh first and foremost don't let someone put you off don't let someone say like they said to me oh everyone's online with strangers oh they're all gaming too much oh that's just the norm it might be the norm but you know i i sensed a danger and i i couldn't mm -hmm. find anybody that would believe me and i assume people who are our listeners can also go to your foundation to to get more information so do you want to share that i'll obviously put it on the description yeah that'd be great um, i mean yeah i mean our, our our website at this point because we don't have so many of our own resources we do signpost to other people but um our our website is breckfoundation.org um, we have a film called uh, murder games that's a bbc film that was done got Breck's friends and siblings so it's not just adults lecturing it's kids talking to you know ki to kids um, and that's available through our website we have Breck's last game which is on our website as well as on YouTube and it's a four-minute film there are lesson plans that schools can use um, but it's it just shows how grooming can happen so that we understand the process uh, and then we have a, a play called game over which is really exciting it's you know, schools put it on for other schools, for the rest of the pupils, and it's hard hitting, of course, but it's so powerful. And I think young people really take in sort of awareness messages when, when it means something, you know, and once they just get a connection with Breck, he was, you know, a regular guy, you know, he wasn't the most popular, but he was a regular guy who people could relate to. And um, I think, you know, the play Game Over really helps young people sort of look at it in a different way it's not just oh yeah my parents don't get it it's like oh wow there is something to this mm -hmm. awesome. just yeah. you know the work you're doing is so wonderful you know and as i said to you i i i, I cannot even begin to to you know fathom what you've gone through and you know or that your experience so you know well done you know for, for having the courage to do that and to share your story and well yeah. i know if i had heard me that breck would be here if i had heard some other lady talking about grooming i would have thought look i'm not paranoid it's not just me being this over worried helicopter hovering mother there's something to this and um you know i did pursue i even organized a family meeting with other other friends and their parents and we sat the boys down and we tried to talk to them the predator even recorded that meeting so he knew exactly what we were saying about him. If I had spoken at their school the way I speak to pupils now, Breck would be here. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe if they had seen the film, maybe if any of their friends or parents had seen it, it would be different. It's just a piece of knowledge that sadly we all need to have in our heads along with all the other millions of things that we need to know to be a good parent as well. And um, it's hard work that I do and Breck's 21st birthday is on St. Patty's Day. Um, coming up and um, it is heartbreaking and you just hate your life sometimes but luckily I have the support of the triplets and, and my fiance and my friends and and colleagues um, but it's still hard <sighs> so if I ever run away go into a cave that's you know that's why but um, mm. but I know if I had heard me things would have been different yeah and I'm dying to read your books. So I've just ordered them because I just like, you know, I'm not out of the woods. My triplets are 18, but 
you know, they're still not really grown ups, even though they're 18. And no. And, you know, as we said last week, you know, obviously in, in your triplet situation as well, it, it's what's happened to their you know, elder brother, which will have, you know, that, that's a trauma and that, that also added to, to the mix and things. So, um, yes, it's, life's not easy, is it? Like no, but collectively, hopefully we can make, yeah. we can make changes. And I think this will have follow on changes for our grandchildren as well. I mean, it's just constantly evolving with, you know, the internet changing, but I think, you know, together it will continue to, to become a safer platform if, if we push together. Yeah. And you know, the, the one thing that makes me feel really strongly about the work I'm doing and you know, the work you're doing is that out of this horrendous thing that happened to you and you know, the fact that your your son is not here anymore in, in this physical world. I know that other people can learn from, from this. And like you said, that it, it, it can make a difference to one one person. But obviously sadly that's not gonna bring bring Brett back, but you know, the work you're doing is 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 making an impact and is really moving people so this and is i mean that is one of the things too that while i have the audience when i'm speaking to young people is is i try to, and even parents i try to get them to look out for each other because sometimes we turn a blind eye and really teaching that concept of being an upstander not a bystander i mean breck's friends couldn't help it because like him they hadn't been taught but there were some people within the story who were adults who who you know saw their own son back online after we forbade them. And they didn't bother to pick up the phone and say, Lauren, you know that guy you called the police on that you told us about? You know, so I think it's, it is a lot with parents too. It's really a fine line sometimes about looking after other people's children because you don't want to step on toes. But I would much rather have a parent call me up and say, this guy is still in their lives. And so I could have then further, you know, acted on my concerns. So I think one of the things we teach is to look out for each other. This, it's a worldwide web, you know, it's mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. We need to look after each other like community and friends will see what's going online with their other friends more than parents trying to do everything we can. We need to teach them to actually look out for each other. And, and that's not just online, that's really just in general. And yeah. I think that hopefully, makes me feel like I'm giving another overall message of, of just well-being for each other, yeah. whether it's self-harming or suicidal thoughts or sad fishing or, or uh, you know, sexting. I think young people need to actually, they, they have the ability, they can stand up and say, I'm a little bit worried about my friend. It, 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 you know, we need to teach them yes. to look yeah. out for each other. And that, that brings me nicely onto the, the, the final point that picks up from what you were saying, which is all about communication. So, you know, how do we as parents communicate to our teenagers and keep their relationship going? Because, you know, I was, again, I was talking to, my, to, to a really good friend of mine who's got a 16-year-old and she's saying to me, I, oh, I listen to the podcast, do the podcast on, on sleep. But do you have anything on like, how do I help create this, keep this bond going with my daughter? Because sometimes I find her irritating or I don't get her or, you know, um, and, you know, what you were saying about that relationship with, with Breck when you were sort of like 
forbidding and saying, you know, I don't want this. And, mm. and he was obviously being groomed and this other person saying, well, your mum's like this over uh, whatever woman, mm. etc." So what advice do you have for, for us you know, parents about this? I think maybe being honest, um, when I tried to talk to Breck about some of this stuff, so at the beginning I thought the grooming was for something sexual, as I said, maybe either exchanging naked photos or live stream or meeting up, and I didn't care if Breck or any of his friends were gay, that wasn't the issue, but what I didn't want was for a stranger pushing themselves, you know, pushing their sexuality onto those children before they were ready to decide for themselves. And when I tried to talk to Breck about it, I think I tiptoed around it. And if I could do one thing differently, I remember we were in the kitchen because we had a great relationship and we were cooking and laughing. And I said, hey, Breck, do you like boobs? And he went, yeah, yeah, why, mom? That was my way of asking him if he, if he thought maybe he was gay or not. And really, I really could have then followed up and said, oh, mom, just asked because I'm worried that this predator might want you for something sexual. But I tiptoed around that. And, and I think, maybe being more honest, maybe saying, well, I asked you about your preferences because I saw you've been on a website looking for information and, and maybe, you know, maybe let's look for some information together. And, you know, I think, you know, when you look at children who, who do are unsure about their sexuality, they might go to the worst possible places to gather information because they're hiding it or they're not sure or they're scared. And, you know, and I, whilst I don't even know, um, you know, about Breck and his sexuality, it, the predator did want boys for something sexual and worse. And so I think I could have been a bit more honest in why I was trying to talk to him about that. And I think maybe, maybe that honesty of, of admitting like you did the other day, you know, saying I struggle too to get myself off of technology. And I think maybe make sure that we stay human and not like this robotic, mean old parents. And that was how the predator tried to portray me. And probably the more frustrated I got, maybe that was more who I became because he did record me at the end telling Breck off and replayed it on a loop to embarrass Breck and to demean my parenting skills. And so maybe, maybe that, I do believe I was being groomed as well. I mean, he was literally mm -hmm. controlling me, mm -hmm. but I should have, tried to stay more honest, more neutral, and, and not pulled into the games that he was playing to turn me into the bad guy. So yeah. I'm going to go with be honest. When we're talking to him about our concerns, say honestly, I've, I mean, a lot of parents do this now. You know, the reason I'm talking to you about grooming and on trouble online is because I saw this mom and I don't, I don't want to be her. I love you. I don't want, you know, and I have, I have a friend who we met the other day, you know, you know, Spargo, Spargo Mabs, who, who her son, you know, peer pressure took a drug and friends were all fine and he died and he's loveliest looking young guy. And I feel like I know him a little bit, but he and Breck both died around the same time. But it's the same thing. I try to go home and talk to my children about drugs. Oh, mom, is this because you've been at another parents meeting? Oh my God, did you meet another mom who lost her kid? Yes, I did actually. You know, you know, just humor me. Let mom teach you because that's my job. My job is to do that. And so I just have to play around with them and, and tell them the story in whatever humorous way. And then of course, you know, saying how upset it made me, but I think make it more human, yeah. keep it human rather than I'm a parent. This is what I need to do. And I think yeah. maybe, maybe then it will resonate more.
Yes, and I, I so agree because I had this discussion with, with Thomas again about he was talking about one of his friends where, you know, his friend, his, his female friend is going out with one of his school friends, a girl, and and they, you know, and this, this particular girlfriend has, uh, is having arguments with another of his female friends and he was like, he felt a little bit caught in the middle. And he sort of was saying to me, um, mm, I'm not quite sure how to, to do this. And I just, as I said, oh, I didn't know that um, th this particular girl was, was a lesbian. And he looked at me and he went, but mum, she's not a lesbian. She's, she's bisexual. So, um, and it really took, I, was, I, I think you could see from my face, you know, I'm, I'm quite, you, you can read me like a bit like an open book. So he's <laughs> like, uh -huh. a bit a bit like startled and he just went why do you have a problem with that and I just went no Thomas I, I don't have a problem with you know whether she's she's bisexual or not I think you know I and I then sort of said so what about you what do you think do you think you you prefer girls or boys do you know and he was like mm, I think I prefer girls. I was like, well, that's fine. That's okay. And then, you know, his nine-year-old sort of brother was going, mm, I don't know. I think I like boys. And I went, maybe. I said, you're nine. You know, just give it a bit of time and see. Um, and then he was going, but why, why your reaction, mum? And I said, my reaction is maybe looking at it from my perspective with my, you know, 46 sort of years of age. I just think maybe what you might want to do is if you're not sure whether you like boys or you like girls you might want to explore that with both and then make a decision but for me i don't personally feel there's a need to put a label on it so what you might want to do is do the exploration without labeling it and without labeling yourself as a mm. I am. And then when you're, you feel like you know, then you can start telling people. But until you're not sure, maybe, but that's only my perspective and my humble opinion. This is how I would approach it. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then we walked off. <laughs> so like, and then you went on to something else. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think we can learn from our children too. Is language has changed. And so my children have gone to sort of same-sex schools and then they'll have some children who are, you know, gender neutral. And I'm just, some of the language we're just not used to. And a mm -hmm. couple of times I'd ask the, like the, the triplets questions like, but is that a, or is that a girl? Or is that a boy? Is that a, they said, mom, it doesn't matter anymore, you know? And I said, so what's, is it, does he use he or she? And it's like, this is they, mom. And I was like, but they is plural to me. And they go, mom, just get used to it. Which is actually, I loved it because they were just teaching me things that I hadn't, you know, experienced mm. in my own life. Mm. And luckily they're really open uh, and, and they're teaching me to be open. And I think that's what's so important is that, is that we're tolerant of differences and changes that, that we may have not, experienced in our past and then I loved how they just said mom just don't try to figure it out just go with it like yeah. okay yeah. it's all you know I always say that my children are my biggest teachers because they just they they get you to think so you know you have to think out out of the box and you know like I said last week uh, with the question from that young person I think as parents 
everything we do. So, you know, what you were trying to do with Breck when you're saying I'm trying to be a good mother, I think it's always love driven. It's always because we yeah. love our children and we're trying to do the best we can. And sometimes we're in fear and that fear will put us in survival. And we might do things that, you know, if we weren't in fear, we may not approach in the same way because you know we know that the the stress response shuts down your prefrontal cortex your rational thinking so you know it's easy to look at it once you've calmed down or you're not scared to just go right i wish i had approached it like this or not but you know you, you we can't always do that yeah i mean i have a million what ifs um and i think you know the forbid it forbidding you know what if i hadn't forbidden i probably would have been still gathering information but when i forbid it i shut it down and it just made it more dangerous but but then if i hadn't forbidden it and Breck was killed, I'd be kicking myself because I allowed him to stay friends with someone that I was instinctively uncomfortable with. So I think it's, it's quite tricky. Yes, it is very difficult. Um, yeah, so, well, I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation and I could talk to you forever <laughs> because it's just, yes, it, it's, although it's such a sad event and such a moving event, I just, I just feel like, the work you're doing is is awesome and you know well done and you know keep up the good work because it's very much needed in in this day and age well thanks for helping me reach another audience through your followers because it is it, together it's, it's the only way we're going to be the most successful with trying to reach everyone in different ways yeah, I agree. So what I do with every podcast now um, is I ask the my guest to just leave us with like, what's one thing that you really want, like you would want to leave the, the listeners with that um, they, they need to take away from, from this conversation? One thing. I mean, what pops in my head, you know, because we did talk about a lot of different things and there's so much to the story, but I think instinctively, follow your instincts. If someone thinks something doesn't seem right with your child's behavior, you know, whether it's changed or whether it's concerning, follow our instincts. And, and, and like you said, we don't, don't overreact or don't panic, but follow it up because, because we know our children more than anyone. And if we're feeling or sensing that there's some change or some concern, um, I, I mean, in, even as I said, it's hard because I've when I was worried about one of my daughters and I've tried to push her so hard, tell me, I was like, literally, I, I wasn't shaking her, but I, I was with my tone. Just tell me what's wrong. Well, that was just pushing her away. And she didn't want to tell me at that point because I was panicking. Mm. So I think I really like that concept is, you know, in, go with your instincts, but try to stay calm and chilled and, and work it out together with a bit of humor, with a bit of patience and and not to push and then why you know i tried to push breck to be safe and in some ways that may have pushed him right into the hands of the predator the predator played into that so instinctively go go with what you feel but don't panic um find the right resources be proactive but don't push and become the parent that is is one they're going to be less likely to communicate with mm, yeah amazing advice Thank you so much. Um, real pleasure to to talk to you. Um, you I too. have I have no doubt that 
our paths will cross. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I want to meet up again. Yeah. Well, if you ever, you know, I'm based near Bristol. So if you ever, ever come um, around the southwest from from London, then let me know and we can catch up for a coffee. When we were doing uni visits and we we all, I went with the triplets, all three of them came to Bristol. and um, I was like, why don't we just all go here? It's nice here. And then mommy could come one place and see you all. But I don't think it's going to happen because, oh, okay. of course, their interests are in all different areas. But yeah, yeah. maybe um, one of them will come to Bristol. Maybe one, just one. That's <laughs> just enough. One. And if that's the case, then please do let me know and we can catch up. <laughs> I will. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Mummy. Um, and I'll, I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks so Take much. Care. Bye. Play virtual in real. Bye. Bye. flourishing.